Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Fervent for God. Amen. Amen. Hot and burning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If uh, I want to read again something, Revelations chapter 3, let's look at it again. Verse 15. When Jesus said, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot, I would that you were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. He wants us to be fervent and hot. And as Paul was writing, and he said in Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, the ampli- excuse me, verse 11, the Amplified Translation says, never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. That means be thrilled. Be thrilled about what God's doing, about his business about his family, about what's important to him. Be thrilled with it. Don't just be interested in your personal business. Be interested also in kingdom business. He says, be aglow and burning with the spirit, serving the Lord. Now I want us to go, go with me if you would. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. If you're fervent in spirit and there's a spiritual fervency, a hotness, you're hot for God. It's because you're full of the word and the spirit. Fullness breeds fervency. Fullness produces fervency. And so if our spiritual temperature starts cooling down, we can apply the heat of the word again. Amen. We can the fire of the Holy Ghost and keep hearing the word, keep praying in the Holy Ghost and stoking our fellowship with God in prayer. But if you're fervent in spirit, can I tell you this? You'll have a song in your heart. You'll have a song in your mouth that no matter what comes against you, you're light. You're not burdened down and heavy. You're under a a light and easy yoke, not a heavy, burdensome yoke. Amen. Amen. If I could say this, when you're fervent, you're bringing your own party to the scene. You don't wait for joy to be offered you. You are God your own joy. Amen. Because circumstances are not going to always offer you joy. So you got to bring your own to the party. Amen. This is what fervent people do. They don't wait for someone else to stoke them and support them. They bring their own fire. They bring their own spiritual temperature, their own hotness for God to the scene. Amen. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12, the Amplified says this. Matthew 11 verse 12, the Amplified. And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault. And violent men seize it by force. As a precious prize, a share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. Doesn't this depict a fervency? Meaning there are things that the kingdom has made available, but to lay hold of it, you cannot be passive and half-hearted and just hope something shows up. With fervency and zeal, you stir yourself up and you say, that's mine, that's mine. And in the face of opposition, you say, that's mine, I'm taking it. Amen. 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 To lay hold of what God has provided calls for fervency so that you reach past opposition. Yes. Yes. 
Fervency is what gets you past that which opposes and tries to block or hinder your progress. And I'm not talking about a personality trait because some people allow their personalities to lead them. The word has to lead you. It's not the personality leading you. As a pastor, I have had to step past my personality to pastor well. Because in my personality, I'm not confrontational. But in the anointing, and to keep my congregation safe, I have to confront things. I have to put my personality down. If you're going to obey God, you're going to have to step past your personality. You're going to have to step past the person, the natural man. To give. When God tells you to give something, you're going to have to step past your mind to do that. You're going to have to step past your bank account to do that, to obey him. If you're going to obey God, you're going to have to step past something to do that. The mind, the flesh, and the opposition of the devil, the world, you're going to have to step past it all. Amen. And it's fervency that helps you joyously reach past your flesh, joyously reach past the mental, joyous, joyously reach past circumstances. Romans chapter four and verse 17, just, I won't read the whole passage, but talking about Abraham, that he called those things which be not as though they were. Can I tell you, it's, it matters how you call. Amen. That's good. That's good. This half-hearted calling won't reach. That's right. That's good. Amen. Calling reveals hotness, warmness, or coldness. I mean, as a parent, have you ever called your children, come here, and they don't move? And you say, come here, come here, and they don't move. You cold. Because when a parent means it, we're not playing. When I call you, you come. You don't sit there and look at me and say, I'll come when I get done with this. Right? Isn't that right? The way you call shows who's boss. The way you call shows who's boss. And if you call half-hearted, you ain't boss. That's good. If you call just periodically, you ain't boss. Boss calls all the time, wholehearted, and everybody's going to do it. Amen? Right? Not in a mean way, but in a productive way, a fruit-bearing way. When you're calling finances, you can't just say, Oh, Father, you know I've been believing, you know I've been under a lot. You better stop that business. That, 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 that whiny business. No, 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 no. You have to call boldly with fervency, fueling your words. Hotness, spiritually hot, boiling over on the inside of you. How do you get that? Well, you get the word big in you. You get the word full, big in you. And that will determine how the calling is. I love uh, one couple, precious couple. They were close to dead, Hagen. And uh, this couple... One night in the middle of the night, she woke up. They were an older couple and she woke up in the middle of the night and she was ill. And she reached over to her husband and she hit him and says, get up and pray for me. I don't feel good. And he just reached over half heartedly and put his hand on her and said, be healed in Jesus name. She said, that won't do 
it. Get yourself out of bed and you get over here and you put your hand on me and you rebuke this. Why? Because she knew this half-hearted calling doesn't work. It has to be fervency behind it. It has to have the fuel of faith behind it. And when you got faith, that spirit of faith sounds different than a half-hearted call. Amen. So faith calls. Can I say this? Faith has a fervency in its call. It's a fervent call that keeps calling, keeps calling, keeps calling, keeps calling. We don't grow weary in well-doing. We keep calling. We keep calling every day. I call my body healed. I call those finances. I call the answers into my life. I call the supply into my life. You call from a fervency. And I'm not talking about your personality. Because when there's fervency, it'll override your personality. You cannot live the faith life based on your personality. Don't let your personality rob your, your fruit from your life. Amen. Second <clears throat> Timothy chapter one. In verse six, Paul, again in his writing to Timothy, said, Second Timothy chapter one, verse six, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee. I like how the Amplified reads. That is why I would remind you to stir up. Rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you. It's up to you how high and how hot that fire burns. It's not up to God. It has to be stirred, stirred, stirred. Amen. Everything God's put in you has to be stirred. That's right. That's right. Has to be stirred. Fervency. You must stir yourself up to be fervent. Amen. Those who backslide in their fellowship with God missed it at this point. They lost fervency. Yes. Amen. They got excited about the church for a while, came for a few months and lost fervency and the devil just picked them off. Now that's why we should pray for people because they don't always know. But at those of us that are hearing the word, we have to realize that our progress is up to us. Yes. It's not up to God. Yes. Our spiritual progress yeah. is up to us. And he's saying, keep burning that inner fire. Why? Because the more fire you got under you, the greater the turbo power you got, right? Yeah. You know, uh, if you got a bicycle and you're going to go ride the bicycle, the only fervency you got's in your legs, baby. You can only go as fast as your legs can pump that bicycle. But you get you a race car, and you can see some of them, especially ones that they're just they're set trying to set a speed record. And I mean, they'll have some kind of a rocket thing that uh, a dumbed down version of it, and fire will shoot out the back and that propel that forward. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're going to send something into outer space, you can't have that little car rocket thing. You're going to have to have a big fire stoked under that thing. Amen. How great the fire determines how great the work. Amen. How, what, what, what assignment God can put us to. And Paul told Timothy, stir up that fire that's on the inside of you. 
And then the next verse that he says, God's not giving us a spirit of fear. Yeah. What's the thing that he's telling him that's using, the devil is using as a strategy against his fire of fear? fear. Uh -huh. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Stir up the fire. Stir yourself up spiritually. And that fear won't harass you and torment you. Amen. Because fire, fear can't stay where fervency lives. Yeah. Why? It burns it out. Burns it out. Now, I want to go, and we've already looked at several verses, but I want you to go, if you would, with me to some different passages. Because I want to see what the Word tells us that we're to be fervent in. Uh, Psalm 18 and verse 1. Psalm 18, verse 1. The Amplified Translation says this, talking to God, I love you fervently and devotedly, O Lord, my strength. So he's telling us that our love toward God is to be fervent, not casual. That we are to love God with fervency. Amen. I'm reminded of the woman, and you've heard me tell the story of the woman who came to a pastor's church. And when she would hear him refer to Jesus as the healer, she would stand up in the middle of the service. Not in a way to draw attention to herself, but she'd stand up and start worshiping. And after a period of time, he says, I notice every time I mention Jesus as healer, you stand up and start worshiping. And she said, yes, she said, pastor, she said, 15 years ago, I was dying of cancer and Jesus healed me. I cannot hear him referred to as healer and me not remember what he did for me. That's called fervency of love for the one who moved and rescued her life. That's, it shows up. Can I, can I tell you the way you show gratitude shows your spiritual temperature. You know, if somebody does something for you and you don't even tell them thank you appropriately or half-heartedly, they probably won't do it again. Why? Because something's wrong in the heart. So God wants us, he's showing us that there should be a fervency in our love toward him. Amen. I love you fervently. Amen. Well, do, do our actions show a fervency? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do what I say. So our obedience shows our fervency of love for God. Now go with me to Acts chapter 12 and verse 15. We'll look at several under this next topic. Acts chapter 12 and verse 5. Did I say 15? I mean verse 5. Acts 12 verse 5. The Amplified. We know this, that James had been arrested, thrown in prison, and then King Herod had him killed, saw that it pleased the Jews, and he proceeded to take Peter also. He arrested Peter. And it says in verse 5, the Amplified, so Peter was kept in prison. But look at this, but fervent prayer for him was persistently made to God by the church. So it wasn't they just prayed, you know, a little... Hope God does something for you right before, they're at, right before they ate their dinner. They got together 
as a church body and they fervently prayed. Why? Because fervency shows how interested you are. Fervency shows our interest level. And because they were interested, their faith came up before God. And as you know, God worked supernaturally in Peter's behalf and an angel came and escorted him out of that prison. A personal escort from heaven. Brought about by the fervency of prayer and faith of those who loved him. James chapter 5. Now see, James was not delivered. Why? Someone wasn't fervent in their interest in his life. James chapter 5 verse 16, the King James. Such an important scripture for us. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Fervent prayer is a prayer that doesn't cease till the answer is seen. That means fervency turns you into someone who doesn't quit. You don't give up till the answer shows up. Amen. The effectual, fervent prayer, not half-hearted. You're all in. I'm not giving up till this thing gets changed. Then Colossians chapter 4 in verse 12. Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, and this is the King James. It says, Epaphras, who is one of us, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you, might, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Fervency will make you a continuer. You continue. I remember several years ago, I was, had a prayer group, a daily prayer group up here. And the Spirit of God said to me, come with me, I want to show you something. And he showed me something about the home we were getting ready to purchase. And then he showed me the outcome of different people's lives. At the end of that, he said, you want to know why I showed you the outcome of their lives? I said, yes. He said, because you pray for them. What you pray about, God will involve you in. It's good. It's good. Amen. In a, in a way to bless people. <coughs> You'll gain light. Understanding. That others who don't pray, why? Because they're not fervent. They don't continue in their prayer lives. So we're to be fervent in our prayer lives. Fervent in praying for one another. Now, what that means, (coughs) excuse me, is that you're going to have to, on purpose, choose to be interested in someone else. Yeah. You don't wait until you feel feelings of interest. You choose feelings of interest. It's not appropriate to not care what other people are going through. Just because it doesn't affect you maybe directly. Amen. This is the mindset that Paul said Epaphras. He labors for you fervently so that you can be in the will of God. Yeah. Fervent prayer gets results. Yes. Then 1 Peter chapter 1. 
First Peter chapter 1. In verse 22, the Amplified. See that you love one another fervently from a pure heart. So he's saying we have to, we have to be genuinely interested. That love is interested in how someone else is doing. So we're to stoke our love for somebody else. Verse 23, you have been regenerated, born again. Not from a mortal origin, a seed, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting word of God. So what he's saying is this love comes from that born-again place. Amen. You don't, you're not loving people with flesh. You're loving them from a born-again spirit with the life of God in it. And that's how come there should be a fervency in that love because you're not loving from emotions. You're loving from the divine life in you. The love of God that's in you. Amen. So we have to tap into that place of loving people, not an emotional place or a mental place of loving people. Amen. It's a divine love that we're drawing on in our fervency in loving one another. That means you would rather take a bullet before you say something against your family, your brethren, your local church, your leadership, one another. I won't do it because for I am loving them with a divine love and God gave me his love and I won't dishonor it by saying something negative that's to their undoing. I will not show them in a bad light. That's what fervency of love does. It shuts down gossip. It shuts down wrong words. When gossip encounters divine love, it goes silent. It's not repeated. Amen. Now, 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, the King James says this. And above all things, have fervent charity or love among yourselves. For charity or love will cover the multitude of sins. So when you fervently love someone, you, you're not broadcasting what ought to be dealt with silently. That doesn't mean you condone it. It means I'm not fueling it. I'm not going to show someone in a bad light. Fervency of love causes our mouth to shut down on what should not be said. And it opens our mouth boldly toward what should be said. Amen. Then go with me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, and in referring to fervent love towards someone else, can I say this? You end up stretching past yourself to bless someone else because this self-love can get in the way of fervently loving someone else. You're reaching past you <laughs> to fervently love them. You will stretch yourself to bless someone else. You'll put yourself on the line to be a blessing to someone else to help them. Well, it's not convenient. We're not talking about convenience. We're talking about love. Yes. that love will consider 
helping someone else even when it puts a stretch on you. Yes, good. Amen. Couldn't we say when Jesus rescued us, it put a stretch on him? Yeah. Sure. Amen. He wasn't operating based on human love. He was operating based on divine love. And everything he did was for someone else. Mark chapter 10 and verse 16. The Amplified says, And Jesus took them, the children, up one by one in his arms and fervently invoked a blessing, placing his hands upon them. So notice this, ministering to someone else by the Spirit, that there is a fervency in that, that we're to minister fervently, not half-heartedly, wholeheartedly, that it matters to us that we had the opportunity to minister to someone. Yeah. That when you're out and the Holy Ghost says, go over and witness to somebody, don't be half-hearted and wishing you weren't doing it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Wishing God wouldn't tell you to do that. Be fervent in blessing someone else with help. Amen. And then just for time's sake, Acts chapter 18 and verse 24. It talked about uh, a Jew named Apollos. And it says, this man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord. So the word is to be ministered in fervency. Yeah. That means you're to be full and hot and boiling over with that. Amen. And then of course, as we read in Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, excuse me, verse 11, Paul was writing, he says, not slothful in business, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord and so the Lord wants to be served in fervency. He wants, to be, he wants you to be excited to get to church. Excited to be at your post of where you're getting to serve the family. And wishing that you weren't on the calendar again of serving for this month. I'm fervent. Why? Because I remember what he did for me. I know that in that local church, my family's been rescued and my life has been put back together and I want to help facilitate that place so that can be done for someone else. So the Lord wants to be served in fervency. Amen. I like what Dake said about this word fervency. He said, maintain zeal to the boiling point. Maintain zeal to the boiling point. If I say, if you're having a hard time disobeying and agreeing with what God has for your life, get fervent. Mm -hmm. Fervency throws you into full agreement. Amen. If you're struggling with obeying God, stoke the fire. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you helped tonight? Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.